Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during the season. And now, a special message by Pastor Ed Stetzer. Here's what it says. Everyone then, this is Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, let me explain something before we go too much uh, further here, because this is right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus has said a lot of things here. He's told them a lot of truths. And so Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount, the most important sermon ever given by the most important teacher who ever gave a sermon. And so then he says, what we just read, everyone who hears these words and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. But then there's a story that goes here as well, a parable, a picture, if you will. It says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. Now, again, we're not unfamiliar with uh, rain and storms and flooding in Miami, but you got to remember where Jesus said this was predominantly desert. And so when we get a big rainstorm, like this, you know, an afternoon thunder shower, um, we're used to the ground just kind of soaks it up, but that's not the case in the desert. When you get a big rainstorm, it falls, got nowhere to go, the ground doesn't easily absorb it. And so what happens is the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. So this is talking about Jesus, the foundation, and ultimately we'll talk soon about the cornerstone. It says this and goes on, it says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell. And this is a key phrase because it helps us understand that this passage is not just or primarily about the daily storms of life. So certainly there's lots of Bible verses that talk about that and we'll talk some about how the storms of life, how that cornerstone, that foundation makes a difference. But the next phrase is key. And great was the fall of it. Right, so again, this is talking about that storm, that final judgment that comes, and when your house is not built on the rock, the sure foundation, but it's built on the sand, great is the fall of it. So then it goes on, and it says, and Jesus finished these sayings. Now, not just the couple of words we just read, the few sentences we just read, it was the whole Sermon on the Mount. Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one with authority, who had authority, and not as one of their scribes. Now, we're going to look through this passage, but you've already seen a little bit that I want us to understand. This passage is predominantly about what it means to, uh, to be uh, saved and rescued by Jesus in the midst of the coming storm of judgment, the final storm of judgment. But there's a lot here that I want to unpack as we sort of go through this. Now, why now? Well, again, good time to look at what we're building on. What's the foundation we're building on as we sort of transition from 2018 to 2019. So we're making this change, right? We're making this transition, but there's a day coming, right, when the storm hits and Jesus invites you to build on the rock of his salvation. And this week even, from 2018 and 19, is a great time to reset your focus to make sure you're building on the right foundation as we even as we simplify and go into that series. So we can sort of see the rains and the storms as difficult life events. 
As you're looking back in 2018, you might have had a stormy year, we might put it that way, and a lot of us have. I, I will be honest with you, our family, this has been a very challenging year for our family. So we've had a lot of storms in our family this year. So I certainly uh, cling to the rock, the foundation that is Jesus, uh, the cornerstone that is Jesus. My anchor holds within the veil, and I'll explain that in just a bit. But, but here's the thing. This is actually uh, talking about the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and the centerpiece of the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 6.33, which says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So that's the centerpiece of the Sermon on the Mount, right? So it's focusing on the kingdom. That's the right foundation, Jesus and his kingdom. But Matthew 7.24 is actually the centerpiece of Jesus' authority. This is why, don't you miss this, this is why you want to build your house on this rock, now, I want you actually to read it with me. We're going to put it on the screen. I'd like you to read it aloud. If you're watching it online at home, still say it out loud with us. Palmetto Bay, Coral Gables, let's do it together. Let's go. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, so this is about what you build your house upon. It's not about, this is important, it's not about what you build your house of. Now, 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 again, there's things that talk about how we build upon this, but this is not about that. This is about Jesus as the foundation of the places he's called the cornerstone. As we're wrapping up this 2018, my question for you is, how are you building on that sure foundation? But the point here is not the building material. This is not a parable about, about houses built of straw or sticks and brick. This is not about what building material did you use. It's not about, about, you know, will the storm blow over your house built of straw, sticks, and bricks. That's actually the three little pigs. So that's a different thing, right? Remember that? Straw, sticks, and bricks. Okay, that's a different thing. And you can see that the wolf comes. Okay, whole different thing, right? So because this is not focused on the building material, it's focused on the builder who laid the foundation. Does that make sense? So because of that, that's how we want to focus it today. One is a fairy tale. The other is how Jesus saves us and how his foundation stays firm in the midst of the final storm and every storm of life. The point is not the building materials, but the builder himself. Why? Because there's a storm coming, right? There's a day coming when the storm hits. Jesus invites you to build on the rock of his salvation. And as we look to 2019, it's a great time to reset your focus and make sure you're building rightly on that foundation. So three things I want us to look at today as we go through this passage. Number one, you can jot it in your notes, encourage you to do so, is a solid foundation. It's a solid foundation. Now, um, I don't know, most of us here are not builders, but we might have some familiarity with what a foundation is. So a foundation is something that goes underneath the building generally. Sometimes you see it poke up some because it's built from the ground. But this, you know, you know Coral Gables, Palmetto Bay, we, we are built, these church buildings are built on a foundation. If you're watching online at home, your home has a foundation. Everything has a foundation. Today, not always, but generally it might be a poured concrete foundation and it goes down deep enough so that, uh, so that it's sure and sound. You don't want to be in a place 
with a shifting foundation uh, for a lot of reasons, one of which it's very expensive to fix. So you don't want to do that. But here, Jesus is talking about how he is the foundation, right? So let's take a look at it here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Here's what it says, right? Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Remember, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus lays out his manifesto of kingdom living. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Therefore, then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, it's not some generic rock. It's not some, I mean, it's a good thing to build your house on a rock, right? It's a, it's a good thing. There's, if you were to Google right now and look up uh, unsure foundation, it might take you to a, a building in San Francisco, big building like downtown Miami, but in downtown San Francisco that they didn't go all the way to the bedrock. And now the building is shifting. And last month, a huge crack, this is like, like dozens and dozens of stories high, uh, a huge crack just ripped through the building and people are, and this bill, what are they going to do with this huge building? Why? Because they didn't get to the bedrock. The foundation wasn't secure. And so when that foundation's not secure, everything built upon it therefore can, well, fall or drop or, or easily be blown over in the midst of the storm. So now, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying that he is the rock upon which we can build. He is the foundation, right? He's, Christ alone is the cornerstone. Now, the foundation is kind of the concrete part, uh, what we would think of today, uh, but it's not always that and hasn't always been concrete poured, but but also there's another thing called the cornerstone, right? So the cornerstone, again, we don't build this way as much, but a cornerstone is kind of where you start. Here's the foundation, and then you start with the cornerstone, and it's at the corner, it's a stone at the corner, and then everything else sort of builds off of that. So the picture we see here is Jesus is the foundation. He's called the cornerstone in other places. He's the only and the solid rock we can build our lives upon. Now, Jesus makes very exclusive claims here. He says, you'll either listen or you don't. There's only one rock that is solid to be built upon. Now, again, the level of, of, of specificity is really important for us to get. Now, why? Because we actually see throughout the Bible this idea of building on something that is secure and stable. Let's take a look at Psalm 40, verse 2. The psalmist writes, he drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and he has set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. So this is really key that you don't miss this, right? Again, it's not the quality of the house, it's the quality of the foundation. Your actions or struggles or successes do not determine your spiritual security. It's the object of your faith that determines that, and that foundation is sure. Now, the whole church is built on this, right? There's a passage in Matthew that sometimes confuses people, but let's take a look at it. It says this, Matthew 16, verse 15, it says, he said to them, this is Jesus who says to his disciples. His disciples are kind of unsure who Jesus is at this stage, and so he says to them, who do people say that I am? And they say, this person or that person or this person. And then Jesus says to them again, he said to them, but who do you say, he's talking to his disciples, who do you say that I am? So Simon Peter answers, and here's what he says. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ. Don't miss that, the son of the living God. So by saying this, he's saying that you alone are the one true God. You alone are the foundation that stays sure. You alone are the cornerstone. 
right? So then it goes on, and Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon Peter, another name, um, Simon Barjona, uh, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And this is the part that people sometimes get confused. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, right? Now, Peter is, it's actually a play on words in the original language. Uh, rock is Petros, right? So you are Peter, and on this Petros, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, I don't want you to miss this, right? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Because it doesn't say, and you are Peter, and on you, I will build this rock. It doesn't say, you are Peter, and you are so awesome that everything is going to be built on you. No, no, no. What it says is, on this, I will build my church. Well, what's the this? Well, it's what he just said. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Listen, I don't want my faith anchored in Peter. You don't want your faith anchored in Peter. You want your faith anchored in Christ. And when it's anchored in Christ, just like Peter's was anchored in Christ, you'll cry out to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. There is a day coming when the storm hits. Jesus invites you to build on the rock of his salvation, that foundation that is sure. So number one is the solid foundation. Number two is there's a certain judgment coming. Now, if you're a guest to Christ Fellowship, or maybe you're watching online the first time, um, I don't know that we talk a lot about judgment. It's not like a theme every Sunday, but Jesus talks about it, and when we're going through a book of the Bible, we talk about it, and, and if Jesus talks about it, I think you ought to know about it, right? So, so let's look at what happens here in Matthew 7, verse 25. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now, I want you not to miss this, right? It had been founded on the rock. It says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. I want you to look at the key phrase here. It says, the house did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. It didn't say because the human builder of that house was so awesome. It didn't say because the human builder was so incredibly religious. What it said is, is that the foundation was sure, so the house remained standing in the storm. Now again, here, because remember, it speaks specifically about great was the fall of it. Um, We're probably talking here about the final storm, the final judgment, right? Not necessarily the storms of life, though it has applicability there, but the judgment that is to come. Why? Because the house fell with a great crash, and those whose house was built on sand have an eternity separated from God. That's a hard word to hear, but it's Jesus' teaching. So it's not me coming to you to tell you something that I think, it's Jesus. You see, without Christ, bad news is coming to you. Without Christ, right, the storms will rage, the judgment will come, because we all deserve the judgment without Christ. Why? Well, because the Bible says it this way. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all includes all of you and me. It includes all of us, right? Turn to somebody right now and with a really, just point at them and say, he's talking about you, sinner. Go ahead and just do that. Just get that done. Some of you really were more enthusiastic about that than I expected. 
Some of you are still doing that. Some of you might have had too much practice with that approach. We don't need the church lady coming around here and saying, you and you and you. You know, you know why? Why? Because it's not so much the focus on the hopelessness and helplessness. The focus here is on the hope and the help. I mean, here's the reality, right? Because we, indeed, there is an escape from the coming storm, and that escape is the Messiah, is Jesus, the sure foundation, Christ alone, the cornerstone. And we see this beautifully expressed by the psalmist in Psalm 57, who not just does the psalmist write about God being merciful, but he also points to the future when, well, Christ would come. Listen to what it says. It says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For in you, my soul takes refuge. I love this. Listen to this. In the shadow of your wings, right? My soul takes refuge, right? I am safe here when the storm comes. My soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storm of destruction pass by. Don't miss that, right? Because when you're in Christ, right? You're in the shadow of his wings. You're, you're enveloped in his grace and his love. And the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven. So this is written in the Old Testament. He will send from heaven and save me. Can I tell you from the New Testament, he has sent from heaven to save you. God the Son has been sent, born Jesus the Christ. We celebrated his birth in the last week, right? He will come and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. Selah, God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. God did send his steadfast love and his faithfulness, right? That's what we celebrated last week. That's why we sang Christmas carols. That's why we gathered together on Christmas morning. But I want you not to miss this. That eight pound, six ounce little baby Jesus that we like to make in our own image, well, he grew up. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for our sin and in our place, right? God raised him from the dead on the third day. And because of that, you have a sure foundation. Amen. You see, the babe in the manger dies on the cross for our sin. A lot of people don't want that babe in the manger to grow up. Everybody likes little baby Jesus. Sometimes they don't like dying on the cross, Jesus. Sometimes they don't like the Jesus who says, if you build on the sand, great is the destruction of it. But that's all the same Jesus. See, when we come under the work of Christ, right, uh, when, what happens is we are now safe from the coming certain judgment, the storm. Now again, the storms of life also. People somehow take this verse and I think appropriately they can say, this applies to the storms of life as well. Now I'm not, um, you know, I'm, storms are... I kind of like to watch like mild storms. Like maybe I'll sit on my porch and we'll be able to look out when, a, when a, you know, there's rain and some lightning. But, um, but one of the things we, we didn't know when we moved, you know, two and a half years ago we moved to Chicago. But before that I lived in Nashville. And when we moved to Nashville, we didn't know that the county we were moving into was one of the most tornado prone counties for about a decade in the whole country. And we didn't know this, but here we are in tornadoes. Let me show you a map. This is actually a tornado map, and this is the county right here in which I live. Now, it seems that everything's fine over here. Everyone's having a great time over here. You don't want to live here. And we lived right there. 
And we didn't know, but, but you know, and you would think, I mean, the realtor doesn't like disclose this in the form, saying, you know, you need to know you're moving basically into tornado town. Um, so, but, so we moved here, and, and it was just before this, these are the numbers, category three, category one. Uh, we, we moved just before this, or excuse me, just after this tornado came and ripped through the town. And, and a lot of people actually lost their lives right near where we were moving. When we moved, uh, another category three, just after we moved, hit right here. And, and we actually went out and helped with the relief work. And my middle daughter, Jacqueline, uh, she was about six at the time. She had been saving up a bunch of coins for uh, something for her pets. She loves pets still to this day, loves animals. Uh, she, when we went out there, she said, Dad, we got to go back and get my money. Let's give it all to these people. They've lost everything. So these tornadoes come through, and, and so we live in the middle of all this. Let's zoom in just a little closer, uh, because what happens is, is that what we find is, I mean, so here's a tornado track that comes. This is one of the Category 3s that was so devastating. Um, and so we, we lived kind of right in this, in this area. Uh, this is Volunteer State Community College was hit hard by this tornado, um, closed for a while and more. But let's zoom in a little bit more, because this is actually my neighborhood, so this, matter of fact, this is the street I lived on right here, right? So, so one day, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we moved there to the town and, you know, they're always doing these tornado warnings and sometimes you get kind of calloused to the warnings when, some, when nothing happens, right? I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about with like hurricane warnings and watches and all that sort of stuff. And so, so at first we moved there, we just, when we moved there, we found out about that big tornado that came through. So we were like, okay, uh, we're going to take this seriously. And they would come on the television and, you know, you get that sound, uh, 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 you know, this is an emergency broadcast. And they would say, um, you know, you need to go to your safe place, right? So I, I would actually sit down and say, beach in Miami, beach in Miami, because that's my safe place. Um, but that's not what they were talking about, right? So that's not it. Uh, so it turns out we had to find a room in our house that was uh, without windows, kind of in the middle. And there's a closet off of uh, our bedroom that would kind of fit that definition. So we would go and the kids would go. And the actual kids would put on a little helmet. And this, but this was happening because we took it seriously every time we'd go in there. But eventually we got a little calloused and we took it a little uh, less seriously. And so, um, so it was about 11.30 at night, I think, and the kids were already in bed. And so I said, all right, Donna, I'll stay up and watch because you can watch the news. They're really, some of these weathercasters, they just get it down. They're like, this looks like a little storm. A little, okay, so then you just take action. So I'm just sort of watching where I am and the TV and then you're there uh, 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 and and so but Donna's half asleep the kids are already asleep and and they say that one of the things you're supposed to listen for is the sound of a train now here's 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 the problem right um, this is an actual train <laughs> so every time there's a tornado warning we hear a train and so we're like, it's a train. And then eventually you get callous to that because it always honks. Tornadoes actually don't do that. So that's one of the ways you can tell the difference. So we were, so it's 11.30 at night and, and I see this and what, I'm watching the news and they say, the weathercaster says, if you're in and names my community, you need to take cover now. That is a sign of something a little more serious. So I'm like, okay, so I'm like, oh, this is fine. But I'm still not, I'm still not taking it as seriously as I should. So I start walking from my couch and I start, you know, I leave the TV there and I start walking up the stairs and say, listen, kids, we need to go ahead. We're all going to go down. And the kids are like, no, no, no. And I'm halfway up the stairs and we hear the sound of the train, but we know we live by a train track. But then suddenly everything changes. 
and it's like our house has an airplane engine in it. And it goes, ooh, and just this loud roar. And I say to the kids, I can feel the shake, and I say, we gotta go now, go, 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 go. And the kids are like running down the stairs, and, and we're all running to the safe room, and, and Jacqueline, my daughter, says, what about, what about my dog? And I say, forget your dog, it's going Dorothy. And we just sort of run. <laughs> I didn't really say that, don't send me letters. Um, I thought that, I'm like, I'm gonna get in the safe room. But we all ran as quickly as we could. But I want you to know that it's really true that your whole life flashes before your eyes in that moment. And I'm thinking about my kids, thinking about Donna, and I'm thinking about Jesus, and we all rush to there, and by the time we get there, it's past. And, and, and I, I, from then on, we took it much more seriously. Um, I called the next day to the emergency management people and I said, did we get hit by a, a tornado? And, and originally they said, um, I watched the news and, and people weren't sure, and then later the track became clear and they said, yeah, if it, it was a, he called it a, a dinky little tornado. I'm like, if that was a dinky little tornado, I don't want to meet his big brother. So it was what's called an EF zero, right? It's a zero. But I gotta tell you, at that moment, the clarity was evident in my mind and in my eyes. See, that's what storms do. Storms bring clarity and remind you of what's important in the midst of the storm. See, and that's what for us, you know, get the kids, get, get down here as quick as we can. And the reality is people forget that a day is coming. The rains are going to fall. That house will fall if it's built on the sand. It will collapse and the collapse will be great. And you want to be sure that you are anchored in Christ. In fact, we sing a song that's a couple of times when I've said, Christ alone, cornerstone. Probably some of you are like, wanted to start singing, Christ alone, cornerstone. And there's a part of that song that says, my anchor holds within the veil. You may have heard us sing it before, because it's like, you sing, it's like, my anchor holds within the veil, but then you're sort of waiting, and it's, my anchor holds within the veil, and it's a strong part that you bring. You know why? Because, man, there's going to be times in the storms of life when it's coming, and it's not enough to just say, my anchor holds within the veil. You're going to say, my anchor holds within the veil. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me explain a little bit about what that anchor is. It's from Hebrews chapter six, verse 19. It's not on your screen. But here's the exact quote. It says, Jesus, right, he is, Jesus is a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Now, what is that? My anchor holds within the veil. If you know what it means, it'll be even more meaningful to you next time you sing it. What it means is, see, there was a time in the temple in Jerusalem where there was the inside, the inner, inner, inner inside of the temple was this thing called the Holy of Holies. Nobody could go into it except on very, very special circumstances with very important preparation. And if you did it wrong or in an unworthy manner, you'd actually die. And they'd, they'd tie a rope to the person who'd go in in case they have to pull out his body because he went in in an unworthy manner. It was this curtain, this veil behind where the Holy of Holies was. 
And it's a powerful picture, right? Because we know that we cannot stand in the presence of a holy and perfect God without some sort of work of Christ, some sort of intermediary in our place. So what happens is when Jesus dies on the cross for our sin and in our place, the Bible says, remember that veil, that curtain, it's a tall thing, dozens of feet high. The Bible says that it was torn into from the top to the bottom as if God reached down and said, and then the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus has entered into behind the curtain. He is, don't miss this, he is a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. So you know that when the judgment comes, you've got a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And you know that every day when the storms of life come, that in the midst of the difficulty and the struggle and the hurt, my anchor holds within the veil. And it changes everything. Because there's a day... When the storm hits, Jesus invites you to build on the rock that is his foundation, his salvation. Storms bring clarity, right? So he's sure in salvation. There's a surety, there's a confidence that this foundation is strong. He's sure in salvation, but he's also sure in struggle when you're going through a difficult time. He's sure in sickness when you're not sure if you can make it another day. He's still there when you're sure in sadness and say, Lord, help me, give me grace. We might need help to get through that through counseling and more, but he's still there. He's sure in the midst of that. He is a sure and steadfast anchor for your soul. I love that. Anchor for my soul. I love the shadow of his wings. I mean, think of all the pictures that speak about how he is our protector in the midst of a certain judgment storm and in the storms of everyday life. Number one, a solid foundation. Number two, a certain judgment. Number three, an ultimate authority. An ultimate authority. Again, there's a day coming, right? When the storm hits, Jesus invites you to build on the rock of his salvation, and today, as you reset 2018, go into 2019, I want you to make sure you're building on the right foundation. And that's what Jesus says. He says this in verse 28. And when Jesus finished these sayings, now not just the last few sentences, but the whole Sermon on the Mount. So when Jesus finished the Sermon on the Mount, right, the crowds were astonished. That's not a word that I use a lot. I don't know if you use the word astonished a lot. There's not a lot that astonishes me, right? I've, uh, the, the number of words that my daughters can use in a day is astonishing. My teenage daughters, I've got a lot of words. Um, I have st when you stand at El Moro in Viejo San Juan in Puerto Rico and you look over the water coming up on the La Perla to the side and just the beauty of that, to me that's astonishing. But I don't know more than a few handful of things that are astonishing. So when we use that word, and the, when the word's used in the Bible... It's a, it's a level of importance that we don't want to miss. They were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Now, why? I mean, the whole Sermon on the Mount, which we didn't go through for the sake of time, but the whole Sermon on the Mount, he's like, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. You want to follow? You got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's me. And you got to follow me. So throughout this whole thing, he's laying out some astonishing Truths. I didn't come to debate with you. I came to fulfill and the law and save you. So Jesus here is the ultimate authority. So in Matthew 7, 24, when he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He's saying that if he wasn't God the Son, the Savior of the world, 
something that's really kind of crazy. He's saying, oh, listen, my words, you're going to build a house on those. That's a sure foundation. He's saying, me, me, my teaching. And we don't think about this, but part of this has to do with our eternal destiny. I don't want you to miss this, because we don't think about death a lot in our culture, right? But there's a day coming. The storm's going to come. You're going to face it. Nobody gets through this life alive. Everybody dies. You know, I was thinking about this. I don't think about it a lot, but I was thinking about this when I was in Manila uh, just a few months ago teaching there. I brought my family with me, and we went through. I bet there's some uh, Filipinos and Cor Gables and Palmetto Bay are online, and Kamusta got to you. Um, but I was, we were walking through the American Cemetery. Let's take a look here. And uh, the American Cemetery is not dissimilar to kind of the thing you would have seen in Saving Private Ryan if you saw that movie. Uh, that one, of course, is in France, and it's smaller than this one. This is actually the largest of all the overseas American cemeteries. War dead, 50,000 people here are memorialized in this beautiful, beautifully kept cemetery. You can see some of their, these are, the names are actually carved over here uh, on the walls in the places where they're from, from Georgia, from Utah, people from the Philippines, Alabama, and more. But I don't know about you, but when I see something like that, I have an unusual last name, so I look to see anybody with the name Stetzer, and, and actually there, there was, take a look. And so we actually, Gerald Stetzer, private first class, just a, just a kid, we don't know a lot about him. Um, I tried to, people didn't recognize, like he's from Wisconsin, it says a little bit uh, further over there. But I gotta tell you, you see a name like that, you think, here's, here's real, I don't want you to miss this. Your name's gonna be carved in something one day. Uh, maybe it's not a memorial to the war dead, but maybe it's a little memorial garden or some tombstone, but your name's going to be carved there one day. And, and, and it's interesting because we don't think a lot about that, but one of the things that struck me is how people in Manila look over the graves every day. Let me, take, let me show you where it is. It's in the middle of the city. Manila is, of course, a much larger city than Miami-Dade. Um, it's also the most po uh, densely populated city in the world. But so surrounding the American cemetery is, are these buildings. And I, and I was interested because a friend of mine lives in there. I said, how can you afford to live in there? And he, what, he, what he explained to me was that so many of the people are coming from uh, mainland China and they follow a kind of an architectural or design philosophy called feng shui. And, the idea, and, and part of that is, is um, don't build buildings that face graveyards. Which, I mean, probably if you watch a lot of movies is probably not a bad thing anyway to just avoid that anyway. Um, but what's interesting is, is that for him, he's like, so I got a great deal. I can buy, these are like super cheap because of some of the tradition and customs in the region. So I got it for super cheap. And you know what's fascinating? Because for him, he just said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It actually reminds me every day that, um, that Jesus has saved me, that death is not doomed for me, that ultimately that it's a passage into a, an eternal existence with Christ because ultimately he knew and we know that the anchor holds within the veil. And that changes everything. I took the kids through the, the uh, memorial and I kept trying to tell them, look over here, this, this battle here and this battle here. And they're like, dad, enough of the history. I said, you kids got to toughen up a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, we looked at that name, and for all of us, it was a moment we were like, wow. But you know what? I'm not so concerned where your name is etched in this earth, even if it is. I'm far more concerned that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Bible says that that's there as we respond by grace and through faith to the good news of the gospel. So, Christians, do you... Have that confidence because it's a good time to reset our focus 2018 to 2019 and say, 
how am I building on that foundation? 2018 was a hard year for my family. Maybe it was for yours as well. Some people come up to me at other services that I lost somebody or our family's been in a calamity or in the midst of that. But over and over they keep saying to me that Jesus got us through it. See, the cornerstone, the foundation stays sure. The anchor holds within the veil. So if you're a Christian, cling to this truth. And I don't know if you had a hard or a great 2018. I don't know what 2019 holds for you, but I know that Christ alone is the cornerstone and upon him we can build because he has a sure foundation. When you know him, your foundation is sure. The storms come, but Jesus stays. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, in just a few minutes, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to respond because I want you to have that certainty that you're building on a foundation that stays strong in the midst of the storm. I actually asked Chad to come back up and to join me in the midst of this message because I want us to respond both in prayer and in a prayerful song to this reality. Why? Because I think it's important for us to remember again and again and again that in 2019, just as in every year before, as a follower of Jesus, I'm building on that cornerstone, that foundation, and that anchor holds within the veil. Would you pray with me? Just stay seated and let's pray together. Father, I pray, we pray, Lord, that you'd remind us again and again in the beauty of the truth that this foundation is sure. That when darkness seems to hide his face, we can still rest in his amazing grace. Why? Because you're the cornerstone. Just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, could you just say thank you? If you're a follower of Jesus, thank you for being that sure foundation, that ultimate authority. Just thank him for that. I want you to think on the storms you've gone through or even the storms you may go through. And I want you to say with confidence, my anchor holds within the veil. And just, just as you're praying, I don't want you to shift in your mind out of a mode of prayer, but in that same mode of prayer, would you join Chad? Would you join me? Would you join us together as we sing about this cornerstone that changes everything? Sing with us. Thank you, Jesus. When darkness seems Make it your prayer today. Sing with us. I rest on his on Because you can rest in the confidence. The winds blow, the storm comes, doesn't matter because the foundation stays sure. Sing it with us. And then knowing you're going to need it, let's sing it out even stronger. Sing it to Jesus. He's Christ alone. Christ alone. You're the cornerstone. That house is weak. What you build is weak, but the foundation is strong. Through the storm, he's Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord of all. Jesus, we acknowledge you are indeed Lord of all. In the midst of the storm, your anchor stays strong. Your foundation remains secure. Your cornerstone is that which we build our lives upon. And as our campus pastors come, give them the opportunity to lead us to respond. Father, I pray that you'd give us a openness to how you're speaking to us today. 
and guide us to build our lives again on the sure rock, the foundation that is Jesus. We hope that you enjoyed that message as much as we did. If you want to take your next step as a believer, let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.